people get excited about the I do's and the I wills when it's wedding time. It's a beautiful thing to dream about the blissful day with the one you love. But too often we are not taking the time to consider the reality of the day-to-day living or securing our future. It is absolutely necessary to consider life after the honeymoon. I am Dr. Sabrina Ellis and welcome to Wife Life Securing Your Future. Hello and welcome to Wife Life Securing Your Future part of the D3 Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us today. And I am so excited because our guest today is Larice Purnell. Mr. Purnell is the managing partner of CLE Consulting Firm in Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm excited to have him join me for this episode of Wife Life Podcast. Thank you for being here, Larice. Thank you so much. How are you? I am phenomenal. I'm phenomenal. I am always so grateful. Anytime I get to be in your presence, uh, always good to be amongst great people and people I look up to and I really value and um, just keep doing the work that you're doing. I'm really proud of you. So, Thank you. Thank you so much. So in, uh, in this discussion that we've been having, series of discussions on this podcast, we're talking about a book, uh, basically, that I have written that is entitled Wife Life Securing Your Future. And in this book, we are really just kind of trying to prepare uh, people, women specifically, for what could be the inevitable, and that is life um, after the loss of their spouse and what that looks like, uh, what the preparation for that time looks like. But before we dive into that, could you just talk a little bit about financial literacy and why financial literacy as a whole is important? Financial literacy is truly um, the foundation of making sure that we create generational wealth in our families and it's something that is imperative. It's not talked about enough. And you can see that when you look at statistics, when we talk about home ownership in our community, we talk about the wealth gap, when we talk about, you know, just the savings rate. So it is, um, it's inevitable that, you know, that the disparities exist because we're just not talking about it at the dining room table. So, um, and financial literacy is really just the educational um, you know, foundation of your families and talking about topics that are around money and wealth. And for whatever reason, we all want to spend it, but we don't want to talk about it. So it's something that is truly necessary that we make sure that we're doing in our schools and in our families at the dinner table. I appreciate you for responding to that um, that question because I do find that the issue is Uh, As it is with many subjects in our community, we don't talk about it. And we basically pass down from one generation to the next, the lack of knowledge and information, unfortunately. And so um, as I've shared with you many times, uh, you know, I know it's better late than never, but I wish I had started this much sooner. Um, And it's just so critical. to our communities and especially within our context and within our families, because there are other um, 
people outside of our context, if you will, who they, they, they talk about money, but they study money. They study how to handle money. They send their children to camps to learn more about money and all of that. And for the most part, that's not seen or shared within our communities. Why do you think it's so difficult to have this conversation? You know, it's, it's always fear when you just, it's inevitable, inevitable that you just don't know. Um, so we're afraid of the unknown. So if mama didn't have no money, if grandma didn't have no money, everybody just worked a job and waited to pay the bills on Friday. And by Monday, they were work, working another week to get paid again on Friday. So no one really talked about advanced saving. No one talked about retirement. No one talked about generational wealth because we were just trying to pay the bills for generations. And so in, in that case, you know, what we've done is we've allowed money to, to really be a fearful thing. And it's been a scary conversation that we just are uncomfortable. Like let's think about, if we talk about life insurance. If you go to your grandmother or someone that elder in your family today and say, hey, I wanna get some life insurance on you so you can leave a legacy or you can send your grad kids to school. The first thing they are gonna do is they are gonna go in their bedroom they're going to go in that metal case and they're going to come out and say, what you trying to do? Are you trying to kill me? <laughs> because it's the fear of, um, no, we don't want to talk about what we know is going to happen. We have a birth date and we have a death date. So those both are going to happen to us. But in the middle, we don't like to talk because it makes us uncomfortable. And again, it's a lot of, a lot of fear of just not knowing what we don't know. So. Well, that is the, what you've just said is, is pretty much the basis of, why I wrote the book. People don't really want to have the conversation. And so my goal is every opportunity that I have is to kind of push the envelope. Doesn't make me an expertise um, in the area. And I tell people I am not uh, an expert in financial literacy, but I've done enough talking to people like you, especially, and others to help me along the way and open up my understanding. So one of the uh, other questions that I wanna ask you, according to your expertise in finance and financial literacy, what would be the first thing a couple should consider when they're planning for a future without the spouse? We get excited about the wedding day and we put a lot of money and energy and time into the planning and the day so much goes into the day and you know because you've only been married what two years now two two years, <laughs> two years and had a fabulous wedding and but there are so many people that really they push the envelope to do things like that and can't afford it and they don't really plan for it but even if they do plan for it they don't really plan beyond that. Nobody wants to talk about what happens when we get to the end. You might plan for the house. You might plan for how many kids. Are we going to have a pet? Stuff like that. But we come, we stop short of, now, if, if I go first, what you should do, or, you know, we don't want to talk about that. So based on your expertise and, and what you have done and who, the people you've worked with, what should a couple consider first in planning of, of the day that one of them will not be there? 
So I always talk about the power of five. One, you just said the key thing. You said that this is your story, your experiences. That's what you're sharing in the book that you wrote. But you got to pay people to let people do what they do. And it's always important that you get experts. And a lot of times we don't understand either we're going to pay now or we're going to pay later, but we're going to definitely pay. So stop saying that you can't afford because we don't say we can't afford to go out to eat. We don't say we can't afford to buy the fancy clothes. We don't say we can't afford to travel on trips that take us three years to pay back on a credit card that put us in debt. So we we can do all those things. So the power of five is something that you've heard me talk about for years now is sit down with that power of five. You should all be connected. You should know who the family banker is. You should know who the family investment advisor is, the financial planner. You should know who the attorney and the accountant is. It shouldn't be a secret to one individual, but it should be knowledgeable to both of you who these individuals are on a first name basis, because they're going to be the one not only that helps you put the plan in place, but they're going to help you execute it as well. So if one is missing, the other will know how to get that team together and make sure that that legacy continues. So again, I would say put that power of five in place and don't wait till you get married. One thing in our community we don't have an issue doing is planning for the party. We plan for the baby shower. They buy life insurance. They buy stocks and bonds. We buy tennis shoes. They have, we have bridal showers that all the girls get together and all the fellas get together um, for, for the bachelor party, but we don't plan for the future. We plan for the weddings and get off the plane and can't even buy a house because we didn't know one of us had bad credit. So again, it's that prior preparation will, it will lead to just future impact and generational wealth. So have the conversation and, and then don't bring kids into it. If you guys aren't talking, what do you think? The kids, what is going to happen? It's going to roll. Those bad habits will roll over into them. And then now you put them in a position that you've worked hard to build something that they don't even understand. So I would say get that power five in place, put the plan in, in place prior to getting married. And I'll tell you, Dr. Ellis, I like to always tell a quick story for us. When I got engaged, literally a couple weeks after I got engaged, we opened a, a joint banking account. And I remember my sister saying, you crazy. Y'all going to share money? You ain't even married yet. I said, you know what? A lot of times women always talk about, I'm going to check his credit. I'm going to make sure what he brings to the table. I said, you know what? No, as a guy in this relationship, I'm going to figure out how she spends money before I marry her. <laughs> I don't want to wait till we get off the plane to see that she had bad spending habits and all that. So what we did was for a year before our wedding came, what we did was we put a plan together. What's your debt? What's your credit? What life insurance you have? And we talked through that plan. So we were able to massage it. And now we've been married two years. And guess what? The, we have issues, but it's not money. Because we've learned now, we put a plan in place to allow us not to have to argue about the thing that is the number one leader in divorce. So I would say, I would suggest that. Really do that report card. And don't let it be one-sided. So if my fellas are listening, you ask her about her credit when she asks you about your credit and vice versa. Ladies, if he asks you about your budget, ask about his budget. So so go in and dive in and really figure out what people have going on um, financially. That That is such awesome advice because um, we I don't I personally feel that we don't put enough time and energy into the things that you just mentioned, the whole credit thing and how we spend money and 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 money is a major issue 
in so many relationships. And I don't think sometimes couple real, couples realize how it impacts everything else. And it starts with it, it starts with the money thing, and you know, uh, my money versus your money. I, I love the idea of the joint account. I mean, you can have a separate one over there, yellow right. money, but <laughs> a joint uh, account. The other thing I love that you said is that have the conversations before you actually get married. I had someone ask me uh, in an interview. I was actually being interviewed. Um, I was asked if I thought this was something that should be uh, taught, you know, uh, to individuals, to singles, or or included into in marriage counseling. And I thought, absolutely, it would be phenomenal if this subject was part of marriage counseling. I don't know how we can get that done, but that might be something we need to consider, you know. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I'm because if partner with that, that that's you know, um, we we know people in Cleveland that's doing really major work in in the counseling field, but maybe this should be on some level a part of the the premarital counseling, so that this, these subjects come up because the planning is what's important. The planning, and so when we talk about the planning for future. Um, it, uh, what the information that you've given is, is, is good information to have for even during the whole marriage process, whatever things come up in the relationship or within, you know, the business side of your marriage, but you would also have these five individuals when it's at the end, at, at, at the, at the demise of, of, of one of the, um, partners you know you don't have to start looking for somebody that you never knew you never met you don't have a relationship with to handle the business at the end so that that's critical um many people that that need that they believe or think that they need a lot of money to get started with saving and investing what would you say to that I said, you don't need a lot of money. We don't consider that, again, when we hang out, when we get, you know, spend $150 on an outfit, you know, because we hanging out with our girlfriends on Saturday. We don't do a lot of planning for that. We just go to the mall and we spend the money. Um, then when we go out and get the check for $75, we spend that. And then we buy the nice shoes. We get our hair done. We get our uh, nails done. We get our hair cut. We go buy the outfit to take the young lady out or take our spouse out. We don't think hard about those. So I don't know why we think so hard when it comes to our future. Um, so I would say you just have to get started. It's like everything in life, you have to get started. But the, the thing before, sometimes we, we don't want to do is put the car before the horse. And that's the challenge. People have to get a budget in place. The issue is, again, it's that fear thing. If I don't know how much money I have, I don't believe I can save or put away for my future. So if if I am able to lay out a plan and, and understand, hey, I do have a gap. I do. So that's why, Dr. Ellis, I do the 50-20-30 um, plan. But I have people, and when they meet with me, I say, pull out two of your last bank statements. And I want you to get three different color highlighters. And I say, one is going to be, I want you to highlight with one color all your needs. That's things you have to have. And the car is not even on that list, but that's for another day. Uh, the next color is going to be for your wants. 
So that's all the stuff you're hanging out, you're eating out, you're buying clothes, you're all the stuff you like to do. And then the other one is going to be for the other color will be for your investments. So everything you're investing in your future. And you know what usually is the biggest color on that? The, the most highlighted color is usually your wants. People have more money being put on their wants than they actually have their needs. And so again, it, it's for that. And I like to do that because it's a shell shock to most people. And so when they come back, I said, so you still can't save? You still can't invest? So again, and that's when I really dive in and say, no, what you just have to do is change your mindset and then really create a strategy so it allows you to. And I tell people based on everything is relative to income, put 10%, pay yourself 10%. Because of course that that 30% is 10% goes um, to your tithes and offerings, to into your savings 10%, and into your long-term 10%. So that's where I get the 50, 20, 30. 50% goes into your needs, 20% goes into your wants because I got to give you something because you're going to spend stuff on stuff you like <laughs> and then 30 percent 30 percent go ahead and uh, make sure you make the right investments in life but I would just say that you know start somewhere and if that's for you if that's ten dollars sometimes it's just a habit you got to create a habit because it takes 21 days to create a habit and 90 days to create a lifestyle so once you get started I think you will look back and you will say oh wow and then it'll become out of sight out of mind Think about when you put in that 401k or you put in that investment. Once you get used to it and the pain of doing it happens, then it's like, okay, I, I'm not used to spending that money anyway. Um, so, so that would be my push. And last two things I'll say. Sometimes people say, well, I don't have, I, I'm living beyond my means, so I don't have that, that extra space to do it. Two times a year that they usually can do it to get started. One is usually tax refund time. Be more strategic with that. It's not the time to have a party because the reality is everybody, people act like the government just gave you a free check. All they're doing is giving you the money they owed you. <laughs> so that's the money you worked all year hard for. So stop yeah. acting like that's a free check and go ahead and do something strategic that's more long-term. Or the other thing is as well is if you get what they call a COLA, cost of living increase um, adjustment you know, at your job, three to 5% every year, or you get a raise because you perform well, start with that. Because guess what? It wasn't a part of your check last week. So you're not even ready or, or used to that being a part of your income. So start there, putting that money away and, and saving for your future. Um, but I would just say you got to start somewhere if it's five, $10, but use those two times a year. And I think you'll see, you'll be able to gain some success. Wow. Thank you. That's quite helpful. I'm going to ask one last question. And that is pertaining to insurance. Now, I even say in, the, in, in my book that I'm not writing to tell people what life insurance to get. That, has, to me, is based on what the family's needs are and what their goals are. However, it doesn't matter what kind, <laughs> as long as you have some kind. <laughs> Would you speak to that, please? So I always say, the question I ask is, if you pass today, would you leave bills or benefits? And the reality is, in most cases, most people, the answer should be, I'm going to leave both. Because if I pass today, it's, I got some bills, <laughs> but I also want to leave benefits to make sure my family you know, knew that I was here and then I put them as a priority. So when it comes to insurance, it's, I always say there's not an option. Because we pay for things that really have no value and we insure those. 
I always say you, that this, you know, when I'm getting interviewed, I'm on a cell phone. We'll make sure that we pay $15.99 a month to make sure that that iPhone can get replaced because we will lose our minds if we drop that phone and we don't have insurance on it. So we will make sure that we insure that car and every state is not even required. We'll make sure we secure that house. All things that are replaceable. But guess what? If, if you lose your life, your family may not be able to give back the income that you brought to that household to make sure that the future was secured. So again, shame on you if you think a phone is more valuable than your family's future. So I would just say to you, as you can hear passionately, it's not an option. It's something that we must do. It's the last tax-free item that is left out there that we can transfer wealth. Again, you heard me say earlier that families and other communities buy life insurance when kids are just a couple years old that accumulate cash value. By the time they're 23 years old, they are millionaires because of the cash value they were able to infuse into that tax-free. So again, you can leave the house, you can leave um, vehicles, you can leave other assets, but those, if you don't structure them right, they're taxable events and they may have estate tax, what they call, but life insurance is tax-free. So again, that's the way we're going to create million-dollar babies. That's the way we're going to transfer millions in our community. So again, I would just, I would say, if you don't have it, make sure you get it right away. Thank you. Thank you so much, Laurice. You have been um, excellent as always, informative. And I hope that those of you who are listening are being helped and you take something away from this and do something different to prepare for your future. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Wife Life, Securing Your Future on the D-Free Podcast Network. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your loved ones. Until next time, have a great day.